This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, Spider VPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using Spider VPN. They have some amazing offers right now and I come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. And a very good evening to everyone, uh, wherever you are in the world, joining us on tonight's Extra Time, um, a day after another fine victory for Wolverhampton Wanderers, defeating the Bees of Brentford, two goals to one, over at the Brentford Community Stadium, and the Wolves fans were in full voice. I was uh, very lucky to be able to get there, thanks to... uh, um, one of my guests tonight, Paul Mansell and his dad. And I know that we've got both Jack and Manny who were there and Scott who I think managed to get it on a stream or all waiting in the green room. If my voice sounds a little bit weak or croaky tonight, <clears throat> I'm not very well. I haven't been um, for a couple of days, but it's not COVID. I've done about three tests and it's definitely not anything like that. So... It's just a cold that goes around. These things still exist. So I've got a little bit of an achy throat, a bit of a bunged up nose. So apologies if uh, my voice is not as sparkling as it normally is. But we've got lots to get into, to, into haven't we? Wolves start to 2022. It's been magnificent. 100% record. Um, four rings in a row. Three in the league. One in the cup. Surely Bruno Large is going to be in contention for manager of the month, especially as there's no other games in January. Um, so, because obviously Wolves' next game is the cup match against Norwich. And obviously Wolves now up to 34 points. Manchester United sit fourth with it, played a game more on 38. Tottenham lost to Chelsea today. Arsenal dropped points to um, 
to Burnley and Leicester and Brighton drew as well. And West Ham lost, I think, did West Ham lose? I think they did, didn't they? West Ham lost as well. So interesting. Um, the gap to, can we start dreaming again about Champions League? Well, we're going to ask all our pundits uh, today that question, along with their thoughts on the game, their experience of the Brentford match uh, and the Brentford Community Stadium. And, of course, you guys can all vote for your People's Man of the Match at the end of the show, depending on who gets nominated by our pundits tonight. And I'm absolutely delighted that my first guest is one of my bestest friends. Uh, it's Manny. Hi, mate. Hello. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. Well, mate, you managed to uh, go in the end. And we should yes. say a big respect to your darling wife, Sabi, who yeah. also uh, you, you pulled along with you last minute. And is it not true that she's been to 13 Wolves games and that she's never seen them lose? Well, it is actually true. You know, it goes back. This goes back a long time. So 1998 was the year I got wow. married. And um, uh, like you do, you take your missus to the first game and we took her to Norwich at home on an evening match and we beat them 5-0. Uh, Dougie Friedman scored a hat-trick. And um, that was her first match, and, and then she never really been into football. And then she goes to the odd match, and um, uh, somebody actually said to me on Twitter the other day, said, um, "Oh, she's only been to thirteen games. Um, how come she got a ticket to Brentford when there was such a small allocation?" And I thought, mm, "Toti Gomez has only been to two Wolves games, and he gets to play." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, no. it was very last minute, wasn't it, that someone couldn't go? Yeah, somebody it? couldn't go, and he contacted me on the morning of the game. I was I had a ticket for myself, and I was going to hitch up with you, wasn't I, Dave? Yeah, you and yeah, Paul. Paul. And yeah. then uh, then I got a, a call off this geezer, and he says, I can't go, and I've got um, a couple of tickets spare. And I was like, <laughs> I literally left the house, got the tickets, and we left straight away. So it was all last minute, and um, it was a great, great day, yeah. Well, I think she does need a season ticket, mate, because it's... You know, you know what? We think it, it'll spoil the record because no one can win forever. So, I don't know. You know it, the Invincibles. We just bring bring her out when we when we when when there's a must win. <laughs> well, I, I must admit, mate, when you said she was going, I did, it made my confidence rise a little bit higher, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's strange because, you know, as the match unfolded and it, it was, um, uh, if you go on to the match, you know, the first 20-odd minutes... Was very cagey, not because it was an <coughs> yeah, the first quarter, first quarter, yeah, the first period or whatever. The new new rules before drone stop play, you know, we were a bit um iffy. I think we didn't really pass the ball, we didn't control the ball, and Brentford didn't do too much either. To be honest, it was a pretty much a nothing match, and um obviously that break came, and <clears throat> you just think, you know, sometimes. Um, those breaks can affect you, uh, one team or the other. And it seemed like it galvanised us. And, and she said Bruno to me, she goes, well, she said, she goes, Bruno's probably given a, give him a kick up the bum, you know. Me and, 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 uh, and Paul was saying, actually, and his dad, Chris, and Jonathan, who was there as well, how yeah. sloppy we seemed to be in the first, in that first period. Then obviously the drone pops up. And I thought to myself, I said at the time, I said, it's an yeah. opportunity to reset this is and start again. Well, it's funny you have like in some sports, like we just Americanize the sport at the start. You know, they have timeouts and they can call a halt to play. And it seemed like that we 
we, the clash of heads happened and um, uh, that stopped play anyway. And then obviously the drone happened. And, um, uh, you know, and I think it just gives a chance for a manager to just bring everyone together again and just say, look, you know, we're not doing the things that we talked about and we're not passing the ball, just control it, take your time. And we did. We started pinging the ball about, passing it about. And that was the most impressive thing for me yesterday was, you know, the goal against Southampton, the Smado goal. And if you look at the two goals yesterday, they were just pure footballing goals. Pass, 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 pass. They were like I said, I said, these are these are Man City type goals we're scoring. Yeah. You know, let's be honest, uh, you know, all the defenders are virtually involved. uh, Midfielders are involved. The wing backs are involved. And then, you know, the midfield maestros, you know, you, you actually run out of superlatives for the way both of those two players are performing. And, uh, you know, last year, as we suffered and as the team suffered and um, and they didn't really get forward, we sometimes get clouded uh, on our judgments of those two players and how brilliant they really are. And this year, um, Martinho and Neves have just, you know, we're so, so lucky in our club to have two midfielders of that calibre, both performing at the highest level against some of the some very good midfields against them and and doing such a wonderful job. You know, it was just a pleasure to watch them. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joff Woodbury said it's good to see a score. How well did uh, Samedo did to keep the ball in for the second goal as well? Good point. Samedo's key. Samedo's like a key, key, key player, like Aitnuri, both of them just have, you know, come on leaps on bounds <clears throat> from last year. And they're so reliable defensively now. You know, and um, I think on that set piece that we got caught out and, and when Brentford score, that was our first set piece we've conceded this season. So back onto that, actually, Manny. Uh, interesting yeah. enough, we were talking thing. Um, obviously, the red card, the sending off, came just before that with the VAR. And yeah. it's, not, it's very unlike Wolves to concede. Bruno wouldn't have been happy with that goal. No, Do no. you think that maybe it just affected us concentration-wise because the free kick... Cody was completely free at the back, and I'd actually, I'd actually um, uh, credit um, Brentford in a way because if you actually watch the replay, you saw Den Donker starting to move towards the back post because he sensed the danger. But there was two Brentford players almost like blocking him off. There was an overload as well. Yeah, they basically they just stored their positions. They they blocked. Then Donker's run to the back post, and then Tony was left completely on his own. To be honest, he had a lot to do, and it was a brilliant finish. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, even then, I still felt confident that we could get back in this and score again, and and we did, and then we did again, didn't we? Um, you know, Triore smashes one in, which VAR rules out for a, a nail clipping or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever was offside. You know, as well that was. <laughs> It was a, you know again confidence in it. He score scores that goal against uh, against um, Southampton, um, and then suddenly he gets his next chance and he smashes it and buries it. So, you know, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Now Wolves are looking to sort of sell and move him on. That he starts banging in goals for us. <laughs> well, on the Triori situation, I mean, he didn't do the too emotional on his own clap to the fans at the end. Um, 
obviously he clapped the fans and Connor put his arm around him and stuff like that. It didn't it didn't necessarily feel like a good boy to me. No, it didn't. It was it wasn't a good boy. I mean, you saw Connor Cody sort of giving him a hug and sort of consoling him a little bit. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's, you know, he might have wanted things to be wrapped up. Nobody really knows the truth, let's be honest. We can all second guess. I'm pretty sure there's a contract on the table in front of his face to say, here you go, mate, sign with us. But, you know, if him or his agent don't want to sign, then there's not much we can do, you know. Do we, do we keep increasing? Keep, keep, you know. And it comes a point, you know, 18 months left of the contract. And the longer we leave it, just, you know, harder it gets to sell. My, 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 view, on, my view on the Triori thing is, obviously, with your contract running down and not signing a new contract, he's got 18 months to go. But it's still a full year before he could leave on a free. Yes. And Tottenham, okay, they might be saying they're going to do this 20 million plus a couple of million add-ons. But I think we'd still get 20 million in the summer because there's more money slushing around in the summer. 80% yes. transfers happen in the summer and there'll be probably more competition. So I think we'd be still in a good shape to get our 20 million and we'd have a bit more time to uh, to look at what our replacement options are as well. Not so think pretty much that's probably what, one of the reasons why Wolves are probably relaxed, even if they know that he's going, um, because, you know, otherwise it would have probably been done by now. And, um, uh, you know, uh, pretty happy to keep him um, if they their full valuations. And, and to be honest, if he plays well and does well, he scored in his last game and pretty much scored yesterday without, you know, obviously he got ruled out. It adds value to him, you know, and if it adds value to him, then... Um, uh, you know, then it gets we can actually bargain more with Spurs and say, well, actually, you know, he's worth a bit more than what you're offering us, and we're prepared to to hold out. And um, uh, you know, try all right. One thing it is, it's not like a. Sometimes you have a player that uh, becomes a little bit of an outcast and not with the team and not part of the team spirit. But you could see from the way he scored and the way they celebrated that the the you know the um, the players and his teammates are all sort of with him and there's a lot of togetherness there. So it's not for the lack of love and not being wanted. I'm pretty sure the manager and the and the players still, you know, want uh, somebody like him, you know, on form. And if he plays and if he clicks, then 20 million is an absolute steal, really. I mean, 20 million is ridiculous, you know. And it's... It is, considering he was muted around 80 million, not so long back. I mean, this is why I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure the other guys will have an opinion on this. Um, we did a vote a couple of shows ago. Most people wanted to keep him. Um, I mean, let's face it, Daniel Levy, when he didn't want to let Harry Kane go, he literally... Um, Dug his feet. And uh, Bruno mentioned that as well. We need to play hardball with Tottenham. It's like 25 million and you can have him now. Then, yeah. But not 20. I think 20 is too short. We need to hold on. Because I'm confident we would still get 20 million for him in the summer because there'd be so much more money. And I'd be a lot happier to see him go back to Barcelona than play it against us in a Tottenham shirt. You know what? Um, I'd, I'd keep him. For me, I'd keep trial, right? Because, you know, if you look at if you go back to like this this new year where we've won these four games in a row, he's just such an ideal player.
player to come on. You know, he's just shown what he did against Manchester United, you know, what he did um, uh, um, against Southampton, what he did um, even yesterday. You know, when he comes on, he's explosive, tiring legs, his pace. And if he he has an end product, which he's found a couple of finishes, then he's like, you know, worth a lot of money to us. And um, it's just a shame that that hasn't happened for him. Um, and that's what's, um, uh, you know, sort of made us think, should we should we get rid of him? Have we had the best of him? But then then he gives you a spark where you think, oh, my God, you know, he could go to Spurs and end up, you know, scoring a lot of goals and, and performing really well. And, and you think, oh, why did we let him go? Well, and he is it's, diff- it's, it's, it's completely well different to any other player, really, let's be honest. And It's well rooted know. that Conte is on about playing him as a wing-back. I don't think that no. works for him. No, I mean, no. we tried it under large. Bruno tried it a lot. If he did play for Spurs at win back, I know what I'd be doing. I'd be like going all in on pushing him back defensively because we know he's got a mistake in him in that respect. It's not, and, yeah, I think what, what Triore people get frustrated is they don't see him closing down and running and they think he's lazy. Triore cannot play wing back because Triore is not a runner. He's not right. a runner. He's a sprinter. There's a difference between sprinting and running. When you run at full whack, if you've got a 100-metre sprinter, when he runs a 100-metre race, that's him done for the whole day. When you sprint, you then need to recover. You can't just sprint all the time. And he's not a runner. He's not a running around the pitch. So when he does one of these 60-yard sprints, it's pretty normal for him to take a bit of time to get his energy back to go again. And then he looks a bit lazy. So, you know, he's not a runner. And because he's not a runner, he can't play midfield. He can't play wing back. He can't play those roles which... A lot, which require a lot of mobility. He is the guy who, you know, gives you a spark and he'll play in sparks, you know, and he'll go out the game and then he'll go in the game. And um, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Ronnie, you make a really good point there. It's a good analogy that you make regarding someone that's from the engine room and sprinting because you're absolutely right. They use their fire. They're sort of like, like in an F1, they use turbocharge, yeah. whatever, and they go, and then they have to charge up again to go again. And you don't have their sprints running around. So you, you make... I mean, I, run, I, I do a little bit of running, and I tell you, if you sprint, you're out of breath, and you then recovery takes a long time. If you want to just run, you can jog all day. You know, you can jog around the pitch all day and, and close down. And that's what Adama's totally different. He is completely, utterly explosive. And if he gives you three, four, five moments a game, that's sort of enough for him to maybe win the match for you if he, you know, gets his end product right. So um, uh, if they want to play him as wing back, then I'm afraid they're going to... Um, I, 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 know, and I, I wouldn't... I, I'd like, why would Adama want to go and play wing back again? We've got, we've got over 140 people watching uh, the stream live, which is absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. If everyone could smash a like on the video, it lets YouTube know that you enjoy it. And feel free to share it. And also let, uh, let me and the boys that are on tonight, let us know where you're watching from in the world, because that always fascinates us, doesn't it? Because I do watch from all over. Manny, how did you feel about the uh, about the game as well, but also the Brentford uh, Stadium? First time... Visiting- and you know what? It, you sort of look forward going to a new place, a new stadium, a new area. We actually parked by Griffin Park, which is yeah. right backs onto the houses, and you could still see the old stands, and it was a proper old, old stadium. And when you go into this, and honestly... You know, these are the least impressive stadiums because they just—it's just basically like it's like you going shopping in B and Q, 
and then you arrived and it was like if someone gave you a Lego set for Christmas and you didn't bother completing it because you got bored, that's what it looked like, to be honest. And it was, a, you know, and because and it was all lopsided, the roofs, every, everything was just not, you know, if you were designing stadium, surely you'd make it and a little bit. Yeah, that little bit, bit in the corner. Yeah. Like, the, go all the way around. I mean, we, we were... Charleston we, to Detroit, all Brighton to California. Fantastic. Well, brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, so, you know, it wasn't, you know, all these multicoloured seats and, and everything. So, but at the end of the day, once the match starts, it's what happens on the pitch and the atmosphere that the Wolves fans made was tremendous, you know, start to finish um, for a, a limited allocation. You know, we didn't sound like we only had 1,600. So um, uh, brilliant atmosphere, lots of singing. And the team gave us a lot to cheer about as well. They did. I mean, uh, we'll we just come back onto your man of the match and your performance rating. We, will we do need to touch on this. William Evans said... Hi, Manny and Dave. Do you, what do you think of the fire at Molly in the areas of this morning? I hope it hasn't caused too much damage. Well, it looks as if it's just in one room and they're contained it. Don't they? Does it look nasty? Yeah, but the thing is, the Billy Wright, unfortunately, the Billy Wright conference suite is quite open plan. They have like dividing walls to divide it all up. So if it um, smoke spreads, smoke will spread. So even though the fires happened in one um, bit, it's probably caused extensive smoke damage elsewhere. Which will need redecorating, cleaning, whatever carpets, walls, everything. So it could, you could see hospitality areas closed, you know, until that's I've done. Got two weeks till the next game. So yeah, I, 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 I pretty much think there would still be some sort of closure on some of the hospitality areas. I won't expect, you know, fans going there to be affected because we sort of stay on the outside of the. The, the stadium, you know, going in and, and, and going into our seats. So um, it's, it's a shame, you know, and thank the Lord for the emergency services arriving very quickly within two minutes and, and they putting it out. And also, you know, the materials we use. I remember the back in the days of, you know, Bradford in 1985 and watching that live on the TV and how quickly that stand went up and the old Waterloo Road stand, which was pretty much all wooden, you know, wouldn't have survived a blaze like last night. And um, uh, so, you know, the, the materials that are used now and and all the safety, health and safety, we all moan about health and safety. There's a reason for it. And um, uh, and, and um, thankfully, most importantly, that no person was affected and no injuries or no security staff are there, I, I gather, even during the night. So, um, uh, you know, none of them were involved. Um, uh, materials can be replaced. You know, people can't. So, um, well, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I guess there'll be more updates on that as we go through. Um, yep. Manny, uh, what were you going to give your performance rating and who's your nomination for Man of the Match yesterday? Performance rating, I'm going to go a good solid 8 out of 10 because it's such a tough place to go to, a tough team. You know, their tactics and their players are very wholehearted. Um, and to go there and win and keep the record going and keep us right up there in a, a wonderful position, you know, just unreal, to be fair, where we got. And a man of the match, I'm going to give, just because he's sort of all season, he's just astounded me, is Joe Martinia. Totally astounded me that, you know, everybody was ready for him to go and have his retirement package in Porto or Lisbon or somewhere, you know, and, and us to look for the next best thing. 
but we couldn't have bought a midfielder as good as what he as he's played this season. He's he's just being he's majestic. Like a couple of weeks ago, he's like de aging. Getting younger. He, is, he's, he must be getting younger. I don't know what he's got. Some he's like me. He's getting younger as he's <laughs> as he's going on. No, he's um uh, he's um you know his goal was just sublime. You know the one two and the finish and the control, the poise, and he carried that on. He just plays those short little passes. He directs traffic. His arms are always around the side of him because he's always pointing and he's always just you know uh, telling his. Uh, wing backs where to be and, and just it must be a joy for the likes of Silver and even Neves you know forget Neves isn't that old really uh, to play alongside him and learn off him um, such a such a valuable member of our team and um, uh, and he's definitely worth a new contract because you know there's Thiago Silva's 37 going on I 38 ask, I ask you about that I mean um, I mean hi to you uh, from Uruguay which I think I've never seen someone pop up from Uruguay before so that's fantastic but I'm going to ask you about that I, I, I mean I think he, he should be given a new contract I think he's got you know he's still got more left in him just judging on Yeah when you, he... when you when you buy players it's all about, always about can you improve our team Whoever we're buying, can you improve our team? And he's a first team player. He's he must be one of the first team names on the team sheet. The way he's playing. So, are you going to buy someone in that is much better than him, or better than him, or is equal? And and the way he's played this season, he fully deserves. And if he can, you know, um, if he can keep himself fit. And let's be honest. Touch wood. Joe Martinez hardly ever goes down with anything. He never, he's never, you know, he never goes down with anything. He's always there. Well, he's the, always the, the, the um, manager of um, Brentford was having a pop at him at the yes. God, I mean, let's be honest. He, uh, Thomas Frank sort of lost it in that game, didn't he? I mean, don't know what his issue was because Brentford <laughs> are the kings of spoiling tactics, and they've done so much out in in the past themselves. So you know, for him to well, when they played um, at Molyneux, that's what they did. The, the ball was in play for about 54 minutes at Molyneux, if I gather, you know, because of all the stoppages and the um, tactics. So, yes, they did totally batter us as well. But, you know, you, 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 if you can give it out, you've got to learn to take it as well. And it was a bit of a bad loser, really. And to be honest, he, he sort of said there was only really going to be one winner. Which was a ridiculous statement, you know. Um, I think after the what, Manny, Paul before the game was saying he, he ain't a big fan of uh, of uh, of the Brentford manager, and uh, he was mm. proven right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At, yeah. At, at the end, I'm sure. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, I always take I take my hat off to them. They are, you know, I don't think Brentford fans are watching this for feed. If they are, I think they're fairly small club, and for them to have done what they've done and got into the Premier League is a hell of an achievement for them, you know. So they're doing they're doing really well. I can't see them really going down because I think there'll be three worse sides than them. But I, I agree. Yeah. And I thought yeah. the fans, the Brentford fans as well, were lovely. They were very friendly. Yeah. Very friendly in the crowd, the stewards, everything. Yeah, brilliant. They were they were quite res- respectful, even the stewarding, you know, the way they directed us because it was a most complicated seating bloody structure I've never <laughs> ever known for a, you know I was E218 row 21 seat 478 
clause 2.4, I think I was. <laughs> Paragraph 7. But, Paragraph uh, Manny, absolutely Final question before we move on to Paul. Champions League? Yeah, Mate, yes you no? know what? You know, we, football's about dreaming. We dream it. We've... We're Wolves fans. We for four decades we've been dreaming lots of things. So why shouldn't we dream? We're only, you know, if, if people tout West Ham for it, and, and we're, you know, potentially in even better position than them. So well, they're three um, points clear. We've got two games in hand. We've got yeah, Arsenal yeah. And Tottenham next. Yeah, in the we're playing, and then, you know that. Yeah, they have played well, and they've got good players. But so have we. We, we're looking at our players and we've got good players in our side. We've got options, Trinko and Pedence and Twang, Wang to come back, Neto to come in, Johnny to come. They've got a lot of options suddenly. It's only the midfield that you feel that if we really push the boat out and get one player in the midfield just to come in and, and you know, and, and it provides a bit of balance if you want to take Matinho out or never. But the thing is, even that midfield, it ain't going to get get in front of them at the moment, the way they're playing. So, you know, um, it's a good time and people should actually enjoy this a lot because we've waited a long time to, to be right up there in the league and, and mixing it with some big, big names who have been in the Premier League for decades. And we've only still only been there for like four to four or five years, is it? And, you know, and it's... We're still a young Premier League side and we're doing really, really well from the, the back to the front. And suddenly we're starting to score goals, which we, we lacked and we're now scoring goals. And um, uh, it's fun time. So why shouldn't we dream, you know, and, and, and anything's possible. Dreaming is for free, Manny. Dreaming Who said is that? Who said that? <laughs> I wonder. Mate, I wonder. absolutely brilliant. Thank you so Lovely. much for coming on the show. We've now got over 170 viewers watching. Um, so please smash a like on the video, subscribe if you're new, and obviously 160 of them are my family, by the way. They'll all switch <laughs> off, <isn't they? laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Mate, thank yeah. you so much. Um, no and hopefully uh we've got a two-week break, but hopefully we'll get we'll fit a podcast <laughs> in the break. Yeah, no problem, mate. Get well no, soon. Well. I've got a bit of a sore throat as well. It's it's just going around. It, <laughs> moment, yeah. I've had a few no well, I feel better since that's kicked in, to be fair. I had a little bit of a a lozenger as well, but nice one. Cheers, mate. And hope okay, to mate. See, you soon. see you, everybody. Cheers. That's Manny, as always, talks absolutely uh, fantastic, makes some really good points. And next up, we have friend of the show. Hello, Paul. How are you feeling? I've spent the whole day with Paul and his dad and Jonathan yesterday. I had such a, such a brilliant time. I got fed like a king, and uh, what a great result. Yeah, it was such a brilliant day. Hi, everyone. Um, I was just thinking uh, before, in lockdown, I found myself, when we were on TV sometimes, going to like do the washing up and things like that. I totally lost my mojo for football. And yesterday was such a timely reminder of exactly what I've been missing. It was a great day from start to finish. You know, the journey down there, having lunch with the lads, going for a drink before the match. Um, it was such a great day and it really did highlight the gap between that and lockdown. So really grateful for the chance to go yesterday. It was. And uh, and to be honest, it was, uh, it was an almost perfect. I mean, it was a perfect day, wasn't it? I mean, uh, you know, the goals were quality, the timing of the goals, the movement. I mean, it was a game that had everything. I mean, if you just go from start to finish, kicked off, very lapsedaisical performance, two Brentford players headbutt each other and they, they, 
we had concussion substitutes. Hope they're okay. Then there's a drone, never seen anything like it, just decides to sit in the middle of the pitch and they're taken off. Then there's 19 minutes of added time. Wolves come up, they look better after the uh, after the, the, the enforced break. Start of the second half, a brilliant move, finished by a quality finish from a world-class player, Joey Martino. You still have to pinch yourself knowing he's playing for Wolves. And what a finish. Samedo did so well as well on that one. Manny picked out... I think we talked about the second goal. We're bringing it back uh, in. We did really well there. And then we had the red card. Then it was disallowed, the red card. And then we sort of switched off. Toady scores the free kick. And we're like, OK. And then we we scored a brilliant goal, Ruben Neves. And you said that was similar to the Sheffield Wednesday goal he scored a few years back. And he stroked it into yeah. the net. And then Troy comes comes on, scores. Again, it's like he's remembered how to score, and it's and it's just ruled off offside for a VAR thing. And then we're and then the seven minutes of added time again, one of the longest ever Premier League matches, but we won it two one. And a bit of everything, didn't it? That match yesterday, you just couldn't write that story before the game, and I'm surprised it didn't get a bit more kind of national coverage, really, because when you look at the other matches yesterday, there wasn't really a game that was a particular thriller. I mean, there were some other highlights, but, um, you know, I've had that bit of everything. And I totally agree with everything that Manny said. He gave a really good analysis. For those people that weren't there or couldn't get a chance to watch it yesterday, just listen to Manny because he's, he said it so well. Um, a player that I'd pick out, actually, someone who I've criticised on this show recently, I thought Den Donker actually had a positive impact on the game yesterday. I think he played a role in, in both of the goals. I thought he was passing the ball forward a bit more often. He was getting his foot in. He was making some good runs. And, I mean, perhaps we'll talk about the Norwich Cup game later, but I think he probably will go back to a two in midfield. But at least Den Donk has shown from his performance yesterday that he's given the manager... But um, some on that food point, yeah, on if that, you really. look at the Matinho goal, there's a ball played down the line and he literally runs to win that ball and keep it in play and then plays it back and they play it across and then they play the one-two. And then Donka kept that move going. He did. And I think he has got it in there, but he just seems to be quite a risk-averse player. He plays the safe option. He doesn't want to stick his head up and, and take the... Stick his hand up, sorry, and take the game by the scruff of the neck. But I thought he did that a bit more yesterday. And it, it bodes well for the rest of the season if he can continue to show performances like that. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, what did you actually make of the stadium and the uh, the Brentford fans' first time visiting there? Brentford fans and stewards, very helpful. Um, I think four different people came up to us and said, do you know where you're going, lads? Can we help yeah. you? What are you looking for type thing? So very good from that point of view. I'd describe the stadium as quirky. It's different. You know, you've got like your Riverside Stadium, your King Power Stadium that are just a traditional 30-odd thousand bowl. This was a bit different. Um, Manny gave a good description about a Lego <laughs> kit that someone hadn't quite completed, but um, the facilities seem good there. You know, as an away fan, you go to Goodison Park, you go to Aston Villa, the concourses are really narrow. The toilets are terrible. There's no leg room. The view's poor. In terms of fan experience, 
Brentford's a good place to go. And, and they have the they TVs up, up, didn't they? All along the thing as well. Never seen that anywhere else before. If they, if they stop up, which they probably will, um, I'll be straight down there next season again. Um, I really enjoyed the experience. Not just the result, obviously, but I think it's a good fan experience there. I mean, it was, and it's not too far from the town. And I say, they're just so happy to be in the Premier League, Brentford. They've been close for a long, 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 long time. And, you know, I know your favourite manager was a little bit bitter at the end, but uh, tell us why you're not, uh, tell us why you're not a, a fan of Thomas Frank. I think he's a dreadful man. <laughs> we saw those that were at the home game, the goalkeeper changing his gloves five minutes into the second half. Players going down with cramp every five minutes. Funny yesterday, they weren't going down with cramp when they were losing 2-1 no. with uh, 10 minutes to go. Um, I just think it doesn't need to be like that. Like, the neutral, who probably have got a lot of favour with Brentford, you know, they've wanted them to get promoted for a long time because they've been so close. The neutral will turn off teams like Brentford because of his um, antagonistic tactics, the time-wasting. And the way he reacted was unacceptable at the end of the match yesterday. I don't know why you'd go after such a likeable chap as Matinho. Like, like Matinho. I don't think he'd done anything wrong that I'd seen anyway so that was a strange one and um, I thought I saw a red card get brandished at the time yeah you were saying when we were there someone yeah. been set off and it was really like watched it back with the kids on match of the day this morning and we loved it you know watching him get get sent off and I, I hope he starts to wind his neck in a bit to be honest absolutely, absolutely. I mean uh, Zona Zon says you should get Robbie from AFT for a preview well just watch this space on that, that's all I can say. Um, he's been on before. Uh, Craig Williams, Tuba Wolves, excellent show again. Great input. Our boys are playing their skins out. Very, very proud fan. Uh, Patrick says he lost the plot. He was really going for it. Karma. I think that sums it up, really. A bit of karma, doesn't it? Yeah, and he said it himself afterwards in his post-match interview that he set a bad example to his players. How can you ask your players to respect the referee and not behave in that manner when you don't do it yourself. So that's his biggest issue. He's got to start to set a better example to his own players. Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, before we get on to, like, talking about performance rating and man of the match and everything, um, the results over the weekend, West Ham losing, Tottenham losing, Burnley getting a point, taking a point off uh, Arsenal. I know Man United won with that late one. Leicester and Brighton drew. Mate, we're four points off fourth place with the game in hand. I know Tottenham have got two on two games in hand. We've got to play Arsenal in the league next, followed by Tottenham. What are your thoughts? Is I mean, let's just um, have a look at Bruno Large. Second half of the season at Benfica, he won eight. He won seventeen mm -hmm. out of eighteen in a row and yeah, drew the other one. Point. Is he setting a? Is he going for it again with Wolves? Four wins out of four at the start of twenty twenty two. I mean, come on. Uh, do, well, we, do we believe? I know people laughed at me when I said we'd finished top eight when we lost the first three games. Um, and I was like, I finished. But like, you know, looking at the table at sixth, fifth, even fourth, I think the top three yeah. might be out of reach. First thing to flag up, I've, I've dipped in and, in and out of uh, Super Sunday this afternoon. And I heard them say at one point, oh, it's been a great weekend for Man Manchester United because none of their rivals have won. And I'm like, hang on a minute. If we win our game in hand, 
we're one point behind them and we've just beaten them. So yeah. um, I'm quite happy for that narrative to carry on that people can think we're not in contention. And then all of a sudden, we'll be sneaking in there. We're so under the radar. It, it, it does my head in with this Man United loving. It's like they go on about there's only one team. They've lost. They have an inquest every game. It's like, who gives a... We don't care. <laughs> Give everyone the same amount of time. It's like, why they got this Man United obsession? Or just It, it does my head in. It really does. It's like, but we can go under the radar still. We have started to get... Because I've seen... Uh, like in the last week when they've been talking about the race for fourth, Wolves not mentioned. I think, I think this weekend's the first time we've been put into that bracket, and Wolves, and we're probably in a yeah. better position than many. I don't want them to talk about us. To be honest, I don't want them to give us any credit because we know how good we are. And I, I tell you what, there's not many teams in and around us that would want to play against us at the moment because they know we don't give teams an inch. Um, we're so hard to play against, we're so hard to score against. And in the last few games, we've scored score. eight, eight goals now in three games, and it was very nearly nine as well. So there'd be a lot of teams that are starting to worry about us. And I really like the gap that we've created between us and is it Brighton that are right behind us on ninth and Leicester? Yeah, they're not right behind us, they're like four or five points back now, Brighton. Exactly. There's, There's starting a to be a little gap approaching there and like one one of the um, guys in the comments put earlier you know if we can get some good results against those teams around us because we're playing them all next month Arsenal possibly twice in a month depending on the re rearranged game West Ham away Tottenham away you know February is going to be a really interesting month and we've got the momentum with us we've got the confidence and we've still got in February Neto to come back Huang, Johnny, Jimenez was out injured yesterday. So it's all all bodes well for um for February, I hope. Inter actually, good point. We've shown in the last two games that we've managed to win without two of our key players. One, Neves. Two, yeah. Raul Jimenez. Jimenez, yeah. And we still managed and, to win the games. And Neto was our player of the year by a long way last year. And, you know... I'm so excited about him coming back, but we've missed him, but we haven't missed him at the same time. We've still soldiered on, and I didn't think we'd be in this position. Um, 34 points from the last 18 matches. We've won more than half of our away matches. It's a, you know, I'm really excited now. Well, yeah, I was, the producer was talking, saying that we're, we've got a tough run of fixtures coming up, and I was saying they are, but I don't think any of them teams are going to be going to look at us and they're going to go, that's a tough fixture. They're going to be scared of playing us, you know. And with yeah. the, Wolves, the mentality that the Wolves team seem to have at the moment, they seem to have this belief. Like, good teams, real good teams, find a way to win. And yesterday, and probably against Southampton, to be fair, we found a way to win the game. We got pegged back and we still managed to create a fantastic opening and win the game. And then went and almost scored a third. And that's... That's the sign of a top, top team. A team that is a top four side, top six side, that when you can do that, turn one point into three points. And if we can continue to do that, and obviously the, the Arsenal game is going to be key, but I think they'll be more nervous than us and have more to lose. I think it is at, is it, it's, it's at Molyneux, isn't it? The, uh, 
the Arsenal game. I think the next, the next. Yeah, one. it's a Thursday night. I think it's on Amazon Prime actually. That one. It's a Thursday night game. So we've got the FA Cup yeah. match against Norwich. Norwich, I think, are going to have one eye on staying up. So I'm not sure how strong they go. They play on the Wednesday. Um, I hope we can put our strong side and win, and win that. And Wolves have then got a, a little bit of a break. I think if if Raul is injured, I think he'll probably still go with Fabio in the Norwich game and probably have him on the bench um, because he's picked up an injury in training. I think he kept him out yesterday as a precaution. And, um, mate, you've got a dream, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you know, who's to say? Just who's to say? So, come on then, your performance rating and your man of the match. Okay, so man of the match, agree with Manny, Matinho, goal, assist, and just um, as the game went on, his influence went on in the match. There were other contenders. Um, I know my dad highlighted Daniel Pedence, and I think he played a real key role yesterday as well. But Matinho, for me, performance rating 7 out of 10. We can still play better than that. And I think it's fair to say... I think you gave it a 7.5 yesterday, didn't you? No, my dad did. I was your dad. I gave it a 7. Yeah. I went 7.5, didn't I? Yeah, I thought we controlled the game without dominating it, if you can understand the distinction between the two. We never looked in danger, really, apart from a little spell maybe after they scored. And I thought that when they did score, actually, once we rode that initial storm, we upped it a gear and I felt the second goal was coming. To get to a higher uh, score for me, I'd like like just to have created a few more uh, clearer goal scoring opportunities because I don't think we really did that a great deal uh, yesterday. So that's why I've not given it an eight or a nine, but very solid away performance and another three points on the way to Europe, hopefully. On the way to Europe. If that song's come back, he's taken us to Europe, to Europe, to Europe. Yeah. And we blooming love it. Love it. <laughs> That's what That's I have to do with the up. kids. I have to change the words. <laughs> he's still, he's, we still need a song for Pedence. Paul, thanks ever so much, mate, and thanks for yesterday. I absolutely loved it and spending time with you and your dad. It was great. Uh, I dropped a message to your dad earlier on as well. And I, if he's watching, yeah, brilliant. Chris, thanks ever so much, mate. Yeah, legend is, yeah. Brilliant. Right, all the best, Paul, uh, and I'll catch yeah. you on the next one. See you soon, everyone. Thanks a lot. Nice one. Right, that's Paul. Loads of people here saying, take care, Paul. Top work, Paul. What a top guy. Uh, we've got Rocco here from Montreal. Martino has been amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Over 180 people watching in the chat. Please smash a like on the video. And if you want to comment in the comment section, you just need to be a subscriber for one minute and then you can actually join in with the chat as well. So hit that subscribe button. And uh, Next up, We've got Jack, and Jack, I think you were there yesterday. Yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely. First visit to Brentford, what are your thoughts? Um, it reminded me of like a slightly posher version of Rotherham in terms of the way the stadium was. It was kind of yeah. quite something closed. I mean, I can imagine when, when things are going their way, that can create quite an atmosphere. I, I didn't think they particularly did that yesterday, but I no, think the game no, probably good. wasn't conducive to to a kind of blood and thunder atmosphere, was it? It was so stop-start and so sort of you know, nitty-bitty, wasn't it, at times? And things yeah. were kind of going on that kind of took the, the sting out of the game all the time. As soon as any team, them or us, got a bit of momentum, something happened and, and the game stopped for a couple of minutes. And um, 
I mean, it was, it was a nice, nice day. I mean, Brentford was always a great day when you used to go to Griffin Park with the four pubs on the corners and, and things like that, and the old, old-fashioned terrace. I mean, they've obviously they've improved and they've got the facilities that, that they wanted. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs myself, but I, I wonder whether they've built that new stadium expecting to still be in the Championship because it didn't strike me as a Premier League standard stadium. But it was it was nice for, for what it was. And like you say, if they're still in the Championship, you'd be saying that, that that's a really nice nice day out. But like I say, and, and, I, and, I, and it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine, but I don't think the stadium announcer was very good either. It was oh, just, you know, just shouting all the time. It was just... You couldn't, yeah. hear, you couldn't hear what the stadium announcer was no, saying. Just, just, read, just read the team out and get on with it. You know, we don't need comments <laughs> and stuff in between, you know. So, but I mean, to be fair to them, the, the, the stewards were great and, and the, the food and, and drink inside the, the stadium was really nice as well. So, yeah, they've got, a lot, of things, they've got a lot of things going for them, haven't they? So, yeah. I love this one. All these treasures, posh version of Rosen. They will love you, Jack. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good... I, I really enjoyed it. I think you made some really good points there. What did you make of the performance? Because it was a funny old game, wasn't it? It was all the interruptions that went on. It was a strange, strange game. Yeah, so it, was, it was. It was a difficult one to judge, really, wasn't it? And I think it's hard to kind of analyse something like that when there's so many stoppages and, and things that you just don't expect. I mean, the clash of heads was... I mean, you've had flashbacks to Rel, don't you, and other things you've seen in the past, and you just hope the players are okay. I haven't seen any updates updates on it, so, but I mean, that took six, seven minutes out of it, didn't it? Um, they were sort of starting to just get a bit bit of momentum as well, weren't they? And then that obviously happened, uh, and then the, the drone stopped play. I've I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, I know they sort of said Premier League rules and that, and I, and I kind of get it. And we were sort of speculating, is it to do with you know? illegal streaming is it to do with you know if it's terrorism anything you, 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 all sorts of things go through don't they but um it was just so difficult to kind of get any kind of rhythm going because i mean we had a, a nice little spell and then there was an injury they had a bit of momentum then there was the var red card then there was you know we had a bit of a, a run of form and then there was an injury and there was a stoppage and it was just so difficult to kind of get any sort of sustained pressure i mean what what's really telling is that there were three shots on target in the game and three goals so it wasn't like any team was kind of battering anyone or creating loads of chances or making the goalkeeper do lots and lots of work it was very much in the midfield to get the balls in for most of the game bit out wide at times as well but a lot of it was kind of played at sort of three-quarter pace almost wasn't it kind of i don't think brentford were on the back of three defeats and i don't think they particularly wanted to lose another one no, and I think we were kind not. of away from home. I think Bruno is very similar to to Nuno in the sense that it's very much will be solid. Will be. You think he went with the three five two because of what happened in the first game against Brentford when we played the three four three and they cut through us very easily. Yeah, I and think he, uh, he he matched them matched them up, didn't he? He said, right, let's go and match them up for physicality, for work rate, for effort, and then our better footballing quality will shine through. That's kind of the key when you play the Brentfords and, and teams like that that are in that sort of lower to middle part of the table. You've got to match them for work rate and effort and commitment because when you do that, the better players that you've got can then take over the game like Neves did and Martino did in the second half because we'd matched them and we'd, we'd sort of gone toe-to-toe with them for the first hour and then all of a sudden we've got all the momentum and we've got the pace to bring on and we've got a bit more space to operate in and that's where you win the game. And I thought we got that right tactically yesterday and I think that was really key I don't think we'd have won that game a few months ago 
I mean, I think back to, to when we played Norwich just at the end of November. It was an awful day in awful conditions. And I think both teams just went, should just sack it off and have a point each. Whereas I think yesterday we thought, you know what, we can win this game. I know there's been well, lots of things I, going against us, but we can still win this. And, and yeah, we I, was, I was thinking that very similar to that. Half-time, nil-nil, like Palace and Norwich, when we could have stepped it up and won the game. And we didn't. And yesterday we did. And that was the difference. I think there's a belief in the team. I think Pedent said something uh, in the build-up. They've been working with the manager now for six months. You know, they're starting to really get it. I think there's a belief they can win every game. I think there's a resilience there. I mean, you know, we've had some disruption, but, you you know, Neves and Raul being out. Fabio's come in and done a good job. Samado looks like a different player. Eight Norris, just super, super quality. I, I don't know how Johnny's going to get in above him when he's fully fit. And then Totti Gomez had another great game yesterday. Yeah, he did, yeah. I mean, we've got options, haven't we, in the squad? And I think we talk a lot about sort of the size of the squad, but actually what we've got is we've got a squad where everyone contributes. There's no dead wood in our squad at all. There's no waste. You know, you look at some of these teams. I mean, I watched Tottenham earlier and they've got players there who are nowhere near good enough to play in teams that are challenging for the top four. But they're there to fill up the squad and to be there in case of injuries. Whereas actually our squad, everyone is quality. Everyone can contribute. You look, Totti Gomez is a great example. I mean, a lot of fans didn't know who he was a month ago, two weeks ago. Now all of a sudden everyone's going, you know what, this lad's not bad. And, and again, well, yes, could, and like someone put, it could have saved him thirty-five million. Tati Gomez, how he's yeah. come in and done so well. Yeah, and that, that's the whole point, isn't it? You know, we, we all talk about spending money, and it, as if it equates to success or if it equates to to ambition, and I don't think it does necessarily. You know, you can throw as much money as you like at it, you know, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. And if you've got players that are coming through your under twenty-threes or coming through your your club abroad that you've got or, you know, coming through the lower leagues, even like a Kilman does, why would you not go and give them an opportunity? You know, signing someone for 30 million doesn't make them a better player than someone you paid 30,000 for. It's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's completely irrelevant. So it, absolutely for someone like Totti Gomez, 500,000 pounds from, from Estoril, where we got him from. And he looks fantastic at what he's done so far against two teams that are probably difficult to play against. Southampton and Brentford, because they're very physical, very direct. And he stood up to it really, really well. And I think actually, in terms of his performance, he recovered really well from the red card. Because having that that emotional sort of roller coaster of being sent off and then not being sent off, he could easily have sort of thrown him off for the rest of the game. But he, he sort of picked himself up and carried on. And I thought he was really good. He, he did. And uh, he's standing up to the test. And it's just as well that someone like him sl- uh, slotted in and and done so well. And I think you've got to take your hat off to Bruno Large and the coaching team on how they're improving players. And he seems very tactically astute, Bruno. He seems to be... He's, he's very... He analyses everything to the nth detail and he's starting to see that. And the players seem to understand the majority of the time what he's trying to do and execute the game plan. And it was a game plan executed really well. Although... I think the drone stoppage really helped us, actually, strangely enough, yesterday, because we were just so sloppy. Neves wasn't, his radar wasn't on, and it was almost like a reset when they came back out. And from that point, we seemed to take control. Yeah, I think we did. And I think you're right in terms of the, the stoppage kind of came at a good time for us because we hadn't really clicked and we were we were kind of waiting for Brentford to do something. I mean, I watched them the other day against Manchester United and for an hour probably, or just less than an hour, they were fantastic. And they had such intensity, energy, the press, they were aggressive. 
the crowd were behind them and he thought, right, going down there yesterday, we're going to have to weather a bit of a storm here. And it didn't come. And it was almost as if our players were waiting for it and thinking, well, they're going to come at us in a minute. It's going to happen. And yeah. the longer it went on and they didn't, we thought, oh, what's going on? And we and we almost like the reset kind of came with the stoppage and, and Bruno must have said to the players, listen, they're not going to do it today. This game's there for the taking. Go and get, get control of the ball in midfield. Move it quicker out wide when we can. Okay, be a bit more compact. And we've got the game. And I think from the point where we came back after the the drone stoppage, all the way through to full time. I thought we were the better team. Absolutely. I think you make some good points. Thank you to Reaper for joining the YouTube membership. If you want to get involved, just check the link below. And of course, I want to thank my, uh, you know, powered by Spider VPN. There's a link below, which you can go and if you click on that and check them out, I'd also be grateful because they, uh, they're really helpful. We support Reaper. Really glad to have you joining on the members. Uh, that's really means a lot. It helps the channel as well. Uh, Stuart Kelso says here, I believe Blue Nose influence is shown not only tactically but by our composure. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point, isn't it? I think, yeah, um, we're doing really well, and I think we've got you know a lot of players that are playing well this season. That uh, you know last year underperformed for whatever reason. You know we look at the COVID situation and the thing with Nuno leaving, and there's lots of things last year that that weren't right and didn't feel right looking at it from the outside, because we were all on the outside last year, weren't we? We weren't in the stadium, we weren't at the exactly games. Right. So this year, Bruno's come in and, and he's kind of almost like pressed a reset button. And he's kind of almost said, whatever happened last year, forget about it. You know, it was a one-off season. You're better than 13th. You didn't show it, but you're better than that. Let's go out and prove it this season. And I think that, that belief has slowly but surely started to creep in. And you can see with people like Pedence, I mean, it's his first real run in the team, isn't it? He's had so yeah. many issues in terms of injuries, COVID, personal issues, you know, homesickness, his bereavements. All these things have happened to him in his first 18 months. You feel so sorry for him. But now he's having a run in the team. He looks a fantastic player. He really, really does. And I think we've got so much quality in the squad that almost we go under the radar, which actually helps us. Because I think if the media and the wider sort of footballing public actually sat back and went, you know what, Wolves have got a good team. That pressure will come right onto us then. Mate, I'll tell you what, if we, if we win the next three, uh, the Cup game and, and then Arsenal and Tottenham, uh, people are going to start talking about us then. That well, It's inevitable, isn't it? Because there's always a story. There is always a story with the Premier League. That's kind of what it's sold on, isn't it? It's not just the matches. It's a team rising, a team dropping, someone in great form, someone in bad form, someone being sold, someone being bought. There's always something going on as a general sort of narrative. And we've managed to avoid that this season, if that if that makes sense. We've kind of gone very much under the radar. We are so. under the radar. No one's been really talking about us at no, all. No, which, like I said, kind of suits us because you don't really want that external pressure and you don't want people waiting for you to fail because that's what it becomes very quickly then. You see it with Arsenal. They've kind of had a terrible start to the season, went on a great run. Everyone started saying Arsenal are great, but then in the back of their head, they were waiting for them to lose and go, ah, you see, they're not as good as we said. So that's exactly what will happen with us. We'll have, we'll have a great run. People will start saying Wolves are good, but as soon as we lose one, uh, see, they bottled it. They're not as good as we said. And that, that you don't kind of want that. You, what you want to do is control the pressure from within. All the pressure you want is internal. What the pressure that the manager puts on the players and what the players put on themselves. You don't want media pressure. You don't really want supporter pressure. Supporter expectation is great. 
you know, and supporters saying, yeah, we can get into Europe. That, yeah, I love that. But you don't want fans going, we've got to do it. You want I'll it tell to you be what, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what as well, because obviously a lot of the supporters are looking for transfers. I think if we'd have lost three games at the start of the season, there'd be a fury about transfer window. But because we've had such a solid start and winning start to 2022, that kind of is... Uh, as, uh, with Tati Gomez coming in and they bought a couple of signings in, you know, stuff. Obviously, there's the Troy thing that's going around. It's kind of taken the pressure off a little bit, I think, as well, because of the, because of the results. Yeah, and I think, ultimately, as supporters, what two things we want. We want results and we want performances. And when you're winning games and you're playing well, all that extra stuff, the transfers, the finances, this, that and the other, it kind of goes to the back of your head a little bit. And you kind of go, you know, I'm, we haven't spent any money in the window, but it's okay because we've won four in a row. If we hadn't yeah. won those games, people would be saying, we need to spend some money, we need to invest, we need to buy somebody. Whereas that, those kind of comments have kind of just crept into the background a little bit because of the results. And it's only natural, really. And like you said with, with Totti, for example, he's come in. And I know people say, like a new son, is a, is a Jez Moxie catchphrase, isn't it? But, but it rings true because he's someone that wasn't going to be part of our squad. But now he is, and he's performing well. So you've gained a player almost without actually spending any money because you bought him last year and he's been out on loan. So there's, there's more than one way than just kind of bringing, bringing players in for the sake of it. And like you said, 500,000. i just got to say, we've got over 200 people watching the show right now. So if you're brand new, please uh, hit a like on the video. And if you subscribe, you can get involved in the uh, the comments with the rest of the guys in the chat. You have to be a subscriber to actually be able to comment. Uh, mate, um, let's just sum, sum this up with um, your performance rating and your man of the match nomination. I'm going to go with a, an eight because I think there were circumstances in the game that were very difficult to, to deal with because it was out of our control, but we actually did it really well and we came out of it stronger as a result, which is not, not easy to do. And like I said, from the drone break onwards, you know, we were the better team. And I thought it's a difficult place to go they were on, obviously, a poor run, but they'd played well and they're obviously fancied. You know, they'd played Liverpool, Man United the previous two games. They're probably thinking, right, Wolves ain't at that level. We can get at these. And we managed to control it, keep them at arm's length. They didn't really create too many chances. So I'm going to give it a solid eight. Man of the match, um, you've had two for Martinho so far, so I'm going to pick someone different so you can have a, a bit of a vote. I'm going to go for Connor Cody. Because, because I think he was fantastic yesterday in terms of when they did bring the ball into the box. Not only was he the one heading it away or making the blocks, but he was organising everyone. He was saying, you need to go here, you follow him, you take that man. Apart from, obviously, the goal, which was... A, and well, his range of passing, some of the passes. That one yeah. pass, first-time pass that he, he made to the... Hit it first time, right on the guy's foot at the other side. It was looping pass. Brilliant pass. Yeah, and, and I think, like we said, in, in that kind of game where there's so many external things happening, your captain, your leader becomes so important. And the fact that we won that game, as you've got to give Connor Cody a lot of credit for that. And I know he won't get necessarily in the headlines because of Matinho and never scoring and, and other players, but I think he was really important yesterday. And I think it needs to be said. Absolutely. Well, we do have two nominations. We've got Matinho and Cody. We've got Scott to come. Uh, and then you guys can all have your vote. Uh, Jack, thank you ever so much for coming on no the show problem. again. Much appreciated, mate. Uh, obviously, it's too late to get, get him back yesterday to run extra time yesterday. And I'm sorry if I sound a little bit bunged up. 
Uh, struggling with a bit of a sore throat today, but I am. It's not COVID. It's just a cold. Uh, although I'm fed up a bit, mate. I, I'm I'm sick yeah. to tired of this uh, of it. I just want to be fully better now. But I'm like struggling a bit today. But well, thanks ever so much, you. buddy. I appreciate no it. See you later. Nice one. Always brilliant to hear from Jack. Always talks so well. Uh, as I say, uh, well over 200 in the chat. Please smash a like on the video and consider subscribing and, you know, hit the bell for lots of content. Obviously, this will also be available on playback and it'll also be up on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast providers on Monday morning sometime. So if you want to listen, to, if you're listening to it back on that, leave us a five-star review. Finally, last but no but means least, we've got Scott. You didn't go yesterday, but you watched it, mate, and you've got a lovely floral wallpaper behind that we love. Yeah, it's becoming um, a, a tradition now, being stuck with this floral wallpaper. I really need to get new wallpaper, Dave. No, it's nice, mate. I like it. You know, I like the way that you've got the black and white picture on the back as well, which is kind of nice. No, I love those pictures, yeah. No. And how did, you, uh, how did you watch the game yesterday? Um, on a cheeky stream again. Well, you definitely need to get yourself a Spider VPN router. In the link <laughs> below, everyone, you can go and get those, and they're doing great deals and discounts off those for your whole of your of your house. So hit the link below in the description. Scott, talk me through you, the game yesterday and how you were, your emotions were watching it and uh, how it was come across on the TV with the uh, the drone stoppage. Never had that before, drone stop play. No, um, it's a weird one, ain't it? Like, games get stopped all the time, be it snow, heavy rain, you know, but <laughs> a drone was a bit of an odd one, to be honest. Um, and then literally, I'm watching, because it's a stream, um, I think it was like an interview with the Southampton manager. It suddenly transferred to, until the game could come on, off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one yesterday, but, I'll take a weird game and three points any day, so. Absolutely, mate. And uh, who impressed you yesterday? To be honest, I thought they played they played well. Like, the first 20 minutes, I reckon. Uh, well, you say 20 minutes, but, like, obviously with the stoppage and stuff, um, we were a bit shaky, and I think the break did us good. Uh, no, it wasn't my drone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take credit for it, though, if it helped get the win. But, no, um, yeah, I thought we were a bit shaky. And then, obviously, as the game went on, um, you know, we ended the first half, I think, on top. But um, second half, again, we were I didn't think we were fully at our best, but I still think we were good enough to get the three points. And I've, I was, I don't know what it is, Dave, but I was honestly really confident that we were, we were going to get the three points. Even when Tony scored, I still thought we were going to get back into this somehow. Um, but Moutinho just proved that, one, we need to give him a new contract. Two, he's just world-class and we're lucky to have him. Um, and he was the one who stood out for me yesterday, him and Neves, just pulling strings. Is Moutinho going to be your man of the match then? <laughs> um, you know what? I want to really give it Saar because when I saw him knocking Tony flying in the air, and then taking on Jensen, that was that was my highlight of the game. Like, I, you can't love Saar more than we already do. He's just incredible goalkeeper, an incredible human being, and seeing him barge Tony out of the way was just awesome, awesome. 
Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to stop him from getting the ball away quick, weren't they? Mm-hmm. But this, they were saying on the commentary like he's dangerous when he can get when he spots a good run, so I can play that ball right up, right up, and we could get on the end of it and he could create something. And they've got to do something to stop him because, like for us, I'm always confident nowadays that nobody's going to score past us. Um, and with what we've got up front, we will create chances so we can get goals. It's just if we're going to get them. And Saar is just another way of getting us a goal and creating a chance because the balls, the vision that he has is just incredible. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, I mean, he's one of the, he's going to be contender for player of the season, <coughs> probably alongside Kilman. Um, mm. But Virginia and Neves, their goals were just world class yesterday. In fact, Portugal, uh, the actual Portugal Twitter account tweeted about them scoring for Wolves yesterday as well. All right. Yeah, no, which is uh, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, what, how did it come across the stadium for you uh, on the uh, stream? Well, to be honest, I've seen Brentford Stadium many a time um, through watching them live against other teams on TV, seeing it on FIFA, and it is like a Lego built house, essentially. And on screen, it doesn't look any better than what I imagine it looks like in person. It was quite so, a nice little stadium, to be fair. I quite liked it. To be honest, I'm glad, I'm glad Brentford's in the Premier League because it's a fresh new team in there. Um, I think it, I think they're like the 50th team ever to play in the Premier League or something it's like right. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a great addition, you know. And they've got they ain't a bad side. Their manager's a loopy tunes guy, you know, like a cartoon <laughs> villain. But um, yeah, they, it's they're like a it's like a fresh. Fresh thing. It's better than putting up with, you know, your yo-yo clubs like top, um, Norwich, Fulham, and stuff like that, or Baggies for that matter. Um, it's it's good to have them in the league. But um, yesterday I was a bit worried. We were going to a new stadium. A bit worried that we might struggle to get something out of there. But 2022 just keeps being the year of Wolves at the minute. Well, what a start to the, to the year. It, it's absolutely been. It really, really has. Obviously, we've got a break now. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic yesterday. I mean, your thoughts on Traore? Do you think he's going? Part of me thinks he is. Um, I'm hoping if he does go, it won't be till the end of the season because I think he could still play a crucial part in getting us into Europe this season. However, like, from I don't know if, like, because obviously you guys are all going to be going mental in the stands when Traore scored, but when it showed you it on TV, he got Cody straight on him. Then he ran over to the bench and Bruno's jumping in there, like the Silver's jumped on top of him. He is loved by this club. He's loved by all the players. He's loved by his manager. I don't know what's holding him back from signing a contract with us. It could be money. It could be anything. Um, But if he does go to Tottenham, and it is true that they want to play him as a wing back, I see it not working. And either, unless they decide to change it and play him further up the field, He's just going to be ending like... You remember when Doherty was under Mourinho and he was always on the bench and stuff like that? It's going to be the same there. And the only way I see Traore leaving is if he wanted more first-team football in the sense like more starts rather than just coming off the bench. He won't get that at Tottenham if he's not going no. to produce what Conte's looking for him. Um, so for me, it's a, it'll be a mistake. I know he has said in the past in interviews that he w- would love a return back to Barcelona because that's his club. Do you know what I mean? And ideally, I would prefer he would go. I prefer he go there, just because one. I would. 
in the one summer. I don't want us playing against him because one from a from a footballing view, he's a dangerous player that can create something against us. But from a personal view, he's been a great player for us, and I think it'll be a bit horrible to see him playing for another team and in the Premier League. Um, but if I was Fusen, I would have a serious conversation with Bruno and see if Bruno can live without him or not. And if if I'm Bruno, I'd keep him, especially till the end of the season. Uh, to be honest, mate, I actually think that Bruno does want to keep him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he does want to keep him. Um, the, the, there's lots of speculation that that this was a done deal. I said yesterday, it's like if he's in the squad, it ain't a done deal. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't. He travelled with the squad. He was on the bench. He came on. That's not a done deal. Okay, there's think, seven I days. And you know, I would definitely not be selling him for anything less than twenty-five million. I'd be saying to Tottenham, twenty-five million, or you can proverbially do one. Because I think we get that we get twenty million in the summer anyway. I'm sure we would. There'd be more money, think, more more people wanting him. I think it's all just built. It's, it's all just been built up in the press. Like if you remember from the early rumblings of it, Tottenham wanted him when Nuno was in charge, but no official bid came in. Nobody said anything. It was just speculation and rumor. Fast forward to now, again, Bruno got asked in the press conference as a bid come in for Traore. He said no, no bids come in. Nobody, to his knowledge, anyway. And again, it was just press and stuff like that. Then an official bid did come in, and it was fifteen million. Or something like that, which is a ridiculous amount to offer in the first place. But I think that's just Tottenham testing the water to see what Wolves are thinking. But again, if he's in the squad and he's celebrating like that with his team, that ain't a good boy for me. That's a bloke who don't want to go anywhere. That's a guy who wants to see the job done. So even I think if Traore's going to go, I think he wants to go to Barcelona. And I do think he wants to, he'll probably do it at the end of the season when he knows Barcelona's got more money to play with. Um, but that's that's the pipe dream. In like, well, the pipe dream would be to keep him for a lot longer. But if we're going to talk realistic, I would rather go and see him. to be a, a buyout fee of 30, 40 million, 30, 35 million built into his contract. Someone offers this, you can go. Yeah, never get the money, but I don't know. If I was if I was Fusen and if Bruno's adamant that he can he needs Traore in his plans, then give Traore whatever the heck he wants. Because at the minute, he we know what Traore can do. We know what he can produce. Yes, OK, there's an argument for he don't score many goals. But look at him now. He's got two and two games. Uh, I know the one got ruled off for offside, but it's still a goal. And if he's going into that Arsenal game, I'd start him. I'd, I'd let him tear Arsenal apart for a, a good 60 minutes. Do you know what I mean? And see what he can produce. Because I honestly fancy us going to Arsenal and doing a job. Well, yeah. the thing is as well, if we do sell him, he could be playing against us for Tottenham. Yeah. Because <clears throat> we've got them coming up, haven't we? Well, we've got uh, Norwich, Arsenal on the Thursday, then Tottenham the following weekend at yeah. the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which will be a good trip. Uh, down, well, I mean, it'll all come out in the wash, to be honest. I mean, we'll see. I mean, how if, it happens, if it happens in January, it'll be deadline day. Well, we'll see, won't we? I mean, uh, obviously, Bruno Large has given the players a bit of time off now with their families, which I think is a good move. Um, you know, they've not been able to go away to Marbella. Um, he's given them some time off with their families, which I think they've earned. Uh, yeah, it'll be good for them. 
I think we've seen a few of the players on a on a plane going back to wherever they're they're going back to. I think that'd be really good uh, for recharging their batteries. Bit of family time, bit of downtime. Come back, a full week's training. Get stuck into the uh, the Norwich game. Hopefully, put that to bed. Get through to the last sixteen of the FA Cup, and then let's take care of business against Arsenal and Tottenham. And that's, um, that's that's another thing as well with Bruno playing the way he is in the cup as well, strong. I would want to keep Troyori for that because I honestly fancy us to go on it and do one better than what we did under Nuno and actually go and win a cup. Mate, we can win this FA Cup. I, I, yeah. I can see us doing it. We got we can beat Norwich. Uh, it, it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion, but surely they're going to have one eye on their Premier League match. Um, literally two or three days late, three to three or four days later. So that's a priority for them, which they'll target. Um, you know, so it's a real opportunity against the last sixteen. You get a home draw, and depending on who you get, you can be into the quarterfinals before you know it. And then quarterfinals, you're one step away from a Wembley semi-final. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. But like, I'm confident about us getting through Norwich um, because of the situation. I think if you're going to play a Premier League team one that's got its eye on scrapping for relegation. The Cup is not a priority. Wolves are a team that on any given day, we can beat any given team in the Premier League. We can. The only team we've not beaten in the league is Liverpool. I think we beat them in the Cup. Um, So why not? Why can't we go on and win the FA Cup? Why can't we go on and finish in the top six? Why can't we go on and finish in the top four? If we, finish in the top, if we finish in the top four, it would be unbelievably insane to think that Wolves could be Champions League. The odds on it are against because you've got to, you, you know, it's it, it's against us because we've got some tough fixtures. We've got big teams to play. But if we win those games, who knows? It's possible. You look, you look at our defense, our defense as well, second best in the league. And if we're going to play that same defence in the cup, I can't see anybody scoring past us, especially with teams like Norwich. I don't see teams like Norwich scoring past us. So I, I'm more. This is probably the most confident I've been of us winning a cup than even when Nuno goes to the semi final. Like with that semi final, like I wasn't expecting us to lose. I honestly was confident we were going to win. But with the final, I was not. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have won, but I know it would have been a better game than what the actual final turned out to be. Well, um, proven that. We beat... We, we At that period, we'd already been beating City. And yeah. they'd find it hard to get. We beat them in the Asia Cup as yeah. well. So, I mean, we would have given them a better game, to be honest. But it's one of those things. It's Hudson, maybe. Maybe this is our year. It's the 150th anniversary of the FA Cup. And it'd be lovely if Wolves were lifting it. Uh, lifting it after... A week after qualifying by beating Liverpool in the last match of the season to qualify for the Champions League. Well, you, th- uh, you think I'm three, like this? Three. Like, <laughs> I'm a good Nuno fan. Like I, I love Nuno. I appreciate everything he did for the club. But if Bruno went and won a cup and got us into Europe in the same season, anything Nuno did, Bruno would overtake, surely. Well, what, what was the highest points we got? Was it 56 or 58? 56 points we got under Nuno yeah. and finished seventh. We're on 34 at the moment. Yeah. With how many games to go? 12? More than 12 games. That's 16 games. How many games have we played? 21, isn't it? We've played. So we've got 17 games to go. Well, there you go then. 
17 but, games to go. So if we, get, if we get one and a half points a game between now and the end of the season, that's what 20 something points that would put us over the 60. That would put us about the 60, 60 points mark, which, oh, yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be interesting any, to see. Anything is possible with the way the defence is at the minute. Like, it's even proven, like, we we were all worried about the fact that Sace was going to the African Cup of Nations. And we thought, well, who's going to replace him? And then we've got Gomez, who's come out of nowhere. And he's literally just took off, took up where, where Sace has left off. Well, down so, to the coaching, mate, and the confidence and the, the defence yeah. thing. It's, it's very, very clever. Uh, right, so what was, what, who was did you say your man of the match was? <laughs> it's hard. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Manny and Paul. I'm gonna have to give it Matinho. Matinho, me, he's just he's on fire at the minute. Well, I went with Matinho as well, so that's four votes for Matinho and one vote for Connor Cody. So, guys, in the chat, the people's vote starts now for the next two or three minutes. Um, so the producers get in the calculator ready. Uh, vote for your man of the match is it Matinho or Connor Cody? And then we'll have the people's vote and Scott. Your performance rating? Uh, performance rating, I would definitely go for a good solid 8.5. 8.5, that's the highest performance just because, rating. Just because for me, we it was an away game, three points at a stadium we've never been to before against a, a side that are not a bad side. Um, and also the fact that we scored three goals. And if you look how close Traore was off, for me... That should never have been off. Like I, I get, I get it. You know the lines and stuff like that. But if we go back in the day, day if that was onside and so goal. I know, but that's where we're at at the moment. In there, I felt sorry for him because it was the celebration. Was when you see the celebration. Did you, watch, did you watch my match vlog? Oh yeah, I saw your phone go flying. <laughs> yeah, did you watch my match vlog with the Traore goal? Yes. Yeah. And then it goes to VAR. It's like oh, birdie, yeah, offside. Check. Yeah, but this is the thing. V- VAR, like, I welcome it. It's a great thing. But then when you see stuff like you did in the Man United game, where clearly he's offside, but they're, they're still giving it, I don't no, get and, it. And look, and look, at least they overturned. We've had it since the start of the season, start of 2022. It's kind of like VAR. Not, right? <laughs> we're not giving you any decisions in 2021. But in 2022, we're going to give you a bit more rub of the green because all of a sudden we've started getting some decisions. Okay, they didn't the off it was offside, but the red card got overturned. You know that was good. Um, you know it did so... look bad. It did look bad in like fast pace, and I thought nothing of it because like the game continued. But then when he pulled it back, I thought oh, okay, it's just a free kick. But then when I saw. Gomez's face. I was like, no, don't tell me he's pulled out the red. And then the camera went to the ref and he had the red. Paul, Paul said the referee was was looking to give us a red card. Um and he was he was fired up to give that red card. And the VAR, to be fair to Stockley Park, they turned that around really quick uh to go and go and have a look at it and it was converted to a yellow. I felt Gomez was distraught. Um, it was a bad. It was a bad challenge, but it wasn't a reckless challenge. No, that, his feet wasn't was... off the ground. Yeah. Terry says Wolves are currently twenty-five to one to win the FA Cup. That's got to be worth a bet, isn't it? That that's definitely worth a bet. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, anyway, let me just read out the uh, the message from the producer. Uh, the the people's vote 
for uh, the man of the match against Brentford, comfortably agreeing with the pundits' vote. Joe Joe Matinho is the winner, and uh, you've you, you just had a little collapse there. Not as bad as my. Uh, if you haven't watched my match vlog, guys, go on my YouTube channel, check it out, because uh, my phone does go flying. Uh, Paul's right next to me when uh, when. Uh, I think is it Triori or uh, or Ruben? Ruben second goal, second goal, yeah. And, and, he, and he literally catches my thing, and my phone goes flying, and then it's down on the floor for a bit, and I pick it up and stuff like that. It's super, super phone didn't break. Got the iPhone with the with the Gorilla Glass. <coughs> Sorry, got I'm not very well at the moment, so I've done well to get through this uh, podcast. To be honest, I'm quite uh, pleased with myself, guys. I just want to say a massive thank you to all you guys that have joined us uh, this evening, Sunday night. Um, thank you for supporting. Thank you for contributing. Love to you and your families, wherever you are watching in the world. As I say, uh, if you enjoy my videos, please smash a like on them. It lets YouTube know uh, that you like them. And um, also, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, it, you know, that would be amazing. I really appreciate every single one of you that subscribes and, leave, and leaves a comment. I always try and get back to all the comments. And if you hit the bell notifications, you'll never miss an upload. And of course, if you listen to this too, back on uh, the, uh, the Always Falls podcast, uh, I hope you're enjoying it and leave us a, a review. We haven't had any reviews for ages. So it'd be nice to get a few five star reviews on that. Uh, let Apple know that you enjoy them. Final thoughts on you. Um, on the start to 2022, Scott? Long may it continue. Long may it continue. Absolutely brilliant. Well, anyway, guys, lots of love to all of you. Uh, we're going to log off now. I'm going to dose myself up with it. I'm going to probably have another cup of tea um, and then get some shut-eye in a bit. And, uh, you know, we'll see. The international final will be up um, on Monday evening. And uh, from myself and Scott... And for all of you dazzlers around the world, always wolves. Always wolves. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.